Welcome, I'm Chaplain Kevin, and today I'm talking with Summer, who grew up as the only child of a single mom. On her journey to live her authentic self, she set out to find her people and discovered the true meaning of belonging. This is Coping. Well, Summer, thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm just really excited to sit down with you and hear more of your story. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be joining you and being able to share my story. I have a full house. I have five boys, <laughs> ages 18 to eight, oh and a dog, yes. a very sweet okay. baby girl dog. Um, and my husband is home. So we have a full house here, and I'm happy yeah. to have this opportunity to join you. Well, it's always nice to have a full house, isn't it? Yes, and, and you may hear some of them in the background. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Uh, certainly part of your story, I imagine. Well, as I read some of your story, uh, one of the main themes that came up for me was this idea of belonging. How do you define belonging? What, what does that word mean to you? When I hear the word belonging, I think of being able to be accepted because we're able to be our authentic selves, not having to conform to any other person's or um, society's expectations for who we are, Mm. um, being worthy and knowing that we're worthy of being loved and accepted Mm. and Mm -hmm. cared for just by being who we are. It's that freedom to be our authentic self. Right. So where in your life have you sought that freedom to be your authentic self? I grew up in a large family, even though I am, I grew up as an only child. I do have mm. a sister. I don't like the term half sister. We <laughs> share the same father, but we have different mothers. But I mm. didn't grow up with her. I've gotten closer to her as I've gotten older. Mm-hmm. But growing mm. up, I was surrounded by cousins and aunts and uncles. And mm-hmm. my mother was a single mother. She had mm-hmm. me at 19. Mm. My father spent a lot of time in and out of jail, so he wasn't. Mm an active part of my life, but Hmm. I always had people around me. I was always surrounded by love and support. Hmm. And when I would go to school, I did find where I belonged in elementary Hmm. school. I immediately Hmm. found some of my best friends who I still keep in contact with today. Hmm. So I had a village. My grandmother, my aunts and uncles and cousins were that village for me. In such a busy house. How did you know that you belonged? How was it that you didn't just get lost in the mix of all the different people? That's a good question because it was busy. Um, Mm. Looking back, I think one of the key elements that made me feel like I belonged was this feeling of safety. Mm. No matter who was Mm. there, no matter who was visiting, no matter who lived there, I was always cared for. Mm. Um, More than just having hot meals and a safe place to sleep at night. We had freedom. We could ride our bikes up and down the Mm. block. And this was in Watts Mm. in the 80s. Um, And I felt safe because my family was always looking out for me. I never felt Mm. like I was being left behind or Mm. forgotten because of Mm. all of the kids. Uh, My grandmother and aunts and uncles and grandfather played a big part in making sure that all of us kids were cared for. And I don't know how they did it, but I always felt safe. And I think that's a big part of knowing that I belonged. 
Yeah, back to your definition of finding that balance between uh, giving you the freedom to be your authentic self, but also including you in the, the life of the house, the life of the family. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And at school, how did you find that belonging there? What, what was it about school that you knew that you belonged there to? My friends and I, we would spend a lot of time at school, but we would also invite each other to have sleepovers, typical mm-hmm. for, you know, elementary school <laughs> preteen girls. And whenever they would come to my house, my mother would make sure that we had all the snacks and all of the games. And it was so much fun. And when I would go to their house, it was the same. Their families Mm. would care for me and make me feel welcome. Mm -hmm. One of the things that stood out, though, that was, I think, the point where I started to notice what it looked like to have a two-parent household Mm. with a mother and a father who were present. Mm. And although my friends' families always welcomed me, they mm-hmm. never made me feel any different because of mm-hmm. my home environment being different from theirs, sure. I noticed it. And I think that's the first time in my life when I really started mm-hmm. to become more and more aware of mm-hmm. my father's absence. Sure. And in a lot of ways, I don't think I spent too much time t- thinking about it, though. Right. I noticed it, mm-hmm. but... I would move on. Yeah, it sounds like you didn't feel you were lacking, but it was the first time that you began to wonder. Yes, I didn't have any contact with my dad. The only thing I had was um, I had seen a picture that I took Mm. with my dad when I was about two years old, and it was Mm. around the time that he was in jail. And my Mm. mother shared that picture with me because she did want me to know what he looked like. Mm. And she never spoke badly about him. She Mm -hmm. just didn't have a lot of information to give me. The only connection I really had was, it was just that photograph. Mm -hmm. So it was around the beginning of entering middle school that I was learning about myself and looking forward to this next adventure in my life. And because Mm -hmm. we would always, my family would always gather at my grandmother's house on Sundays. Like I said, it was the hub. We were there one Sunday afternoon after church and there was a knock on the door and it was my father and Mm. it's the first Mm. memory i have of meeting him and talking to him and Mm. my mother wasn't expecting him either and when he arrived Mm. i remember i can see it in my head sitting on my grandmother's porch with my mother Mm. listening to him tell us about how much he wanted to develop a relationship and change his Mm -hmm. life and be better and do better Mm -hmm. and be active in my life. How was that for you? It was bittersweet. I had mixed Mm -hmm. feelings about it. And my mother made sure to keep my focus on what I had and what I, not what I didn't have. Mm -hmm. What I had was a family that cared for me and friends who loved me. And I was where I belonged. Mm -hmm. And so when he appeared, out of nowhere, it seems. Mm -hmm. I wanted to believe that he was going to stay around. And I think at that stage of my life, I was hoping that Mm. this would be an opportunity for us to build a relationship. But because Mm. of what my mother had taught me Mm. and because of how she had allowed me to just focus on the support and love that I was surrounded Mm. by, I didn't get too excited about it. 
gosh, as a child to learn how to have realistic expectations of a parent, how did your mom teach you that? How did you learn that at such a young age? One thing I can always hear my mother saying, and she says it even now, um, is to remember who people are when they show you who they are. Mm. And she would always say, whether it was my friends that I was having a disagreement mm-hmm. with or family members or with my father, she would just remind me, we can't pretend to be surprised when people show us who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so because my father was consistently away yeah. and not making a consistent effort to be a mm-hmm. part of my life, right. I applied what she had been teaching me. Right. And so I was going to respond to his promises mm-hmm. with that understanding. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's really good advice from your mom to remember who people are. In, in what way is that advice uh, connected to your understanding of belonging? It taught me that if I wanted to be my authentic self and be able to belong and by having the freedom to just be me, I had to extend that to other people, including mm-hmm. my father. Mm-hmm. I couldn't change him. Right. That's one thing that I knew no matter how many times he showed up and made promises mm-hmm. and went away, I couldn't change my father. He was who he was. Yeah. And so in allowing people the freedom to be their mm-hmm. authentic selves, right. you are also giving yourself permission to decide if mm. you want to accept that. Right. Yeah, so it sounds like belonging works both ways, right? You give the freedom to the other person to be who they are, and sometimes that leads to them belonging elsewhere. Right. And because of that, it it allows you to have some level of peace. Right. To know that I have no control over what you choose to do. Right. And so whatever is your decision, I have to accept that. And in accepting that, I'm not fighting this battle of trying to force something to happen when he ended up going away and not calling anymore during that time my life just sort of continued to move on. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Be Well Resources. Be Well is a wellness organization that provides mental and spiritual tools for whole person health. Be Well helps you develop your unique gifts and discover your calling. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Be Well Resources to take your next steps toward being well. Welcome back. So you're learning these lessons about belonging at such a young age. Where did your journey take you next? If it was Sunday morning or Wednesday night for choir rehearsal, we were always in church. (laughs) And my mother and I both sang in the choirs. Um, We helped with Sunday school. And it was always a part of my life. I I cannot think of my life Mm. without my church family. It was another safe space. Mm. We were allowed to be ourselves. We had Mm. fun. Mm -hmm. And all of my church family really knew that 
My mother was a single mother. I know it now, but I don't think I knew it then. They stepped up to help however they could. They showed up for us. You brought with you this strong sense of belonging. Yeah, yeah I, I, had, I had this power behind me from all of these mm. people who had sure. made me feel mm. like I belonged, who had mm-hmm. loved me and cared for me in spite of my faults, my shortcomings, right. my downfalls. Right. And within the first week of school, really on the first day, I found mm-hmm. two of my best friends who I still talk to. I am still close to those two best friends and several others that I met within that first semester of school. I am still close to those people. (laughs) Those became my people and they are still my people. Um, And again, that common thread of just being able to be myself. Mm -hmm. I was actively involved at Beverly. I started the Black Students Union. I was in student government. I was in an organization called the WISH Project. It stands for World in Search of Harmony. It was coordinated by our school psychologist who saw the need for there to be an understanding of diversity, equity, and inclusion Mm. before those became Mm -hmm. the buzzwords of today. All of us converged in the WISH project teaching students about acceptance and belonging, allowing people to be themselves Mm -hmm. and feel safe Mm -hmm. enough to be themselves because they're going to be yeah. loved and cared for with a sense of humanity. And sure. that was where I learned a lot about the importance mm-hmm. of not just knowing this for myself, but extending it to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. I enjoyed Beverly for three years and my senior year. I was excited about the next phase of my life. And around that same time, we got a phone call from my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, that my grandfather Mm -hmm. was not doing well. We knew that he had had Mm -hmm. emphysema and lung cancer. Both Mm -hmm. of my grandparents Mm -hmm. were smokers and Mm -hmm. they had stopped, but the effects of the the years of smoking um, had made my grandfather really, really sick. And when we got to my grandmother's Mm -hmm. house, that's when we found out my father was there. And Mm -hmm. the last time I had seen my father was Mm -hmm. on the porch. And the promises that were made then and the things that he said he wanted to do to commit to being a better father. Mm -hmm. So when we got to my grandmother's house and I realized he was there, he asked if we could take a walk. And I'm Mm -hmm. 16 and a half now at this point. And so Mm -hmm. my mother Mm -hmm. trusted how she raised me. She asked me if I was okay Mm -hmm. with taking a walk with him. I said, yeah, I was fine. And so Mm -hmm. we went outside and took a, a short walk. And during that walk, my father asked me if I was disappointed in him. Mm. And I let him know that I wasn't disappointed because I just never Mm. had any expectations. I hadn't Mm. built up this false image of him in my head. And I think in all fairness, that's what he deserved as well. I think it would have been much harder Mm. if I had built up these images of him doing more and being consistent Mm. and coming to my Mm -hmm. middle school performances or being there for me when I was applying for college to help me help walk me through the process. If I had spent all those years hoping and wishing and being mad that he wasn't there, when he asked me that question, I think the answer might've been much harder for him to receive. If I would have said, yes, I'm disappointed in you because you let me down. I knew that who he was he was not capable mm. of giving me more than he did. Mm. So I didn't put that burden mm. on him. 
Mm. It doesn't mean that it's okay. It doesn't mean that I was happy about that. It was just the reality of you can't expect from people more than they're capable of giving. And because of that, I wasn't disappointed. So how did you conclude that conversation with him? How did you leave it with him? He also in that conversation, he asked if he could attend my graduation. Mm. And I told him I'd be happy if he was there. Sure. I knew my grandmother was planning to come. I knew Mm. my grandfather probably would not make it, not just Mm. not make it to the graduation, but he may not survive to that point. And my mother and other family members who have always been there for me were going to be at the graduation. So Mm. it would not have been a disruption if my father had been there or if he had not. So I left it up to him. I told him, Mm. I would be more than happy to have you there. You're welcome. It's on the lawn of the school. So almost anyone can come. Mm -hmm. You don't Mm -hmm. really need a special invitation. And he did not show up. Wow. So I was not really surprised. Right. But I was a little bit sad. Yeah. For that one event, I think Mm. there was a slight expectation that since he had asked and I said yes and it was not too far in the future that he might have been there but this focus on what I had versus what I didn't have it really outweighed the disappointment Um, my father's mother was there my mother was there aunts Mm. were there, friends were there Mm. it was a great day those were your people those were my people it would have been a little sweeter if he had been there, but it was still a great day because my people were there and we celebrated. Yeah. So you graduate high school and uh, you are now uh, even more free than you've been um, before, Uh, free to now live your life um, as uh, an emerging adult. Where did your journey take you next? After high school, I enrolled in Loyola Marymount University So to save money, I stayed home with my Mm. mother. Mm -hmm. We shared a car. I would drop her off at work and I would go to class. Mm. But we knew right away within the first month of school that we would need to have another income because it was incredibly expensive, not just the tuition, but the books and the commute and all of that. And so I got a job working at UCLA. Mm. That's where my mother had been. She was a financial counselor. Mm. And I really enjoyed working at UCLA and I ended up staying there for about 10 years. Mm. And in 2000, I met my now husband. Mm. We were introduced by his parents. My mother and I had joined a new church Mm. and his parents were singing in the choir. His dad is a Mm. deacon there. Mm. And they came to a mutual friend and said, we want our son to meet Summer. And London came to meet me, and three months Mm. later, he proposed. Oh, wow. It happened really quickly, but when you know, you know, um, talking about belonging and being your authentic self and finding your person, I found all of that in my now husband. You have a good sense of self already. You uh, You know when you know. Absolutely, and that is key to finding a partner. And being able to feel like you belong, Mm. you have to know yourself. And the latter part of the year 2000, Mm. I was at work one evening 
at UCLA. I worked at mm-hmm. the front desk in the main hospital. Mm-hmm. And this gentleman walks up to the front desk and says hello to me. And I said, hi back. And he mm-hmm. said, you don't know who I am. And I said, no, mm-hmm. I don't. He said, I'm Tony. I'm your father. Wow. And so the last Gosh. conversation I had had with him was yeah. in that 1995, walk. right before yeah. I graduated high school and I was a yeah. teenager and I was yeah. about to enter the real world mm-hmm. and start college. And yeah. now fast forward to the five years later to the year yeah. 2000, yeah. I'm a young woman working mm-hmm. a job and about Indeed. to get married. Yeah. And yeah. here my father is again, unannounced, unexpected. Wow. And he introduced himself as Tony and that he was your dad. What happened next? We started talking. It was awkward because I was at work mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I worked at the main desk of the mm-hmm. hospital of UCLA right. Medical Center. So there was right. always traffic, always people stopping and phones ringing. Right. But in that short amount of time that we spoke that first time, because unlike the other times, he actually did come back a few times. Mm. We had more than one conversation. He shared with me that he had moved away and had come back and he had a girlfriend and he Mm. was planning to get married and Mm. um, build a family. And he was working Mm. and trying to get himself together, trying to get clean and stay clean. And he was excited to see me and he found me by reaching out Mm. to my sister because she Mm. knew where I worked. And he said he missed me and he wanted to Mm. see me and see what was going on in my life. And he apologized for the times Mm. that he wasn't there. Mm. And I had no negative feelings about it. I was I was genuinely happy to see him. I was happy to see that he was healthy. He looked good. He looked like he had been working and taking care Mm. of himself. Mm -hmm. And I told him that I was engaged. Mm. And he said he would come back the next Mm. night so he could meet my husband. So I told my Mm. husband to come visit me at work. Well, my Mm. fiance at the time, but I told him to come visit me at work. Yeah, so he could meet my father. Mm -hmm. And so the next night he came back and my, my fiance, my husband, so London was there. And he and my father hit it off. They started talking mm. right away. And yeah. my husband is, he's just a genuinely good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's always looking for the good in people. Yeah. And he knew what I had experienced growing up without a father. He He's heard all of the things that I'm sharing with you today. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so he, there was no reason for him to have right. animosity towards my father. Right. Because he knew mm-hmm. that I had made peace with my father not consistently being there. And so we just would have great conversations. I think Mm. there were maybe two or three more times that he showed up Mm. and right before my husband picked me up from work and um, we talked about a lot of different things. And and just like the other times though, it sort of just came to an end. Mm. I can't remember Mm. the last Mm. phone call or the last conversation Mm. Mm. it just stopped again. Wow. Mm. And I had experienced that so many times that I think I knew what to do. Mm. I just got Mm. back to living life. And that's what I did. Right before the wedding, my grandmother reached out to me, my father's Mm. mother, and asked Mm. 
if he was going to be invited to the wedding Mm. because she really thought that he should be invited. Mm. And I did feel bad telling her no, Mm. that I was Mm. not going to invite him to the wedding. Mm. And I had prayed that she would understand my reason. Mm. So this was not about excluding family from Mm. this event that I was so excited for. It was more about the people who Mm. I genuinely knew had yeah. been there for me, had been there for yeah. my husband, were able to be there and celebrate yeah. with us. And every person in that room knew that they were there because yeah. they had been invited to mm-hmm. share this really special moment with us. Yeah. And I also needed my grandmother to understand that I love my father. There is no love mm-hmm. lost on my father. Mm-hmm. But on that day, I needed to honor all of the hard work that my mother had done to get yeah. me to this point. That's what that day was meant to be about celebrating Mm. these genuine real relationships that had always been there for us yeah and i hear how your decision to not invite your dad was not about exclusion but it was about having those that belonged present absolutely so where did your journey take you next shortly after our youngest was born we were getting ready to go out for the day And I got a phone call from Mm -hmm. my sister. She called me out of the blue and said, our father died. Oh, my gosh. And this was around 2015. Wow. There are those moments that I can picture in my head, like sitting on the porch talking to him. I can feel the sun on my face when I was that first time, that first conversation I Mm -hmm. had with him. And I can remember today I was sitting on the ottoman tying my tennis shoes Mm -hmm. when I got the phone call. And I sat up and said, oh, how are you feeling? Because that was really my only concern. Right. I knew she was closer to him. Yeah. And I wanted to know how she was feeling. And she was sad and in yeah. shock and processing right. her feelings. And she asked me how I was doing. And I said, I'm, I'm okay. Thank you for letting mm. me know. I didn't know what else right. to say. And I told her to call me if she needed anything, any help with the arrangements or right. she just needed mm. to talk. But I, I said, okay, but you know, thank you for letting mm. me know. And we hung up, and then I walked to the back, back to my room where my husband was, and I said, my father Mm. just died. And he said, oh my gosh, I'm so Mm. sorry. Are you okay? How do you feel? And I said, I don't really feel Mm. anything. I don't know how Mm. to feel. I don't really know him. I've only met him a few times, and right now, I don't know, you know, if it's a bad thing, but I just don't feel anything. And he said, well, it's Mm. okay. You just feel what you feel. And so we actually went about our day about a week mm-hmm. later. I remember sitting on the edge of the sofa, just watching television or on my phone or something. And out of the blue, I just broke down mm. and bawled my eyes out. Yeah. And I think it was because all of these feelings that I didn't know I had suddenly came to the surface. Mm. And they caught me off guard because... Up to that point, I had almost prided myself on not really being overly emotional or concerned about whether or not my father was going to be around. And it really wasn't actually the sadness Mm. from what he had or had not done in his life. The sadness came from the fact that this was so final. Because I had always left that part of my heart open Mm. for him to be able Mm. to have a relationship with me 
the fact that he had passed away mm. made that impossible. Yeah. There was a finality to his passing. Exactly. Yeah. And after that day, I know I went through the range of emotions. Right. I right. went through all of the phases mm. of grieving, yeah. including the anger. Right. Right. Going through those range of emotions, I had mm -hmm. to start really being honest with myself about yeah. why I was feeling these feelings yeah. that I didn't know existed or right. that I didn't know I right. had the ability to feel mm -hmm. because that very first day I was just numb. Yeah. And I had to come to terms with that. Right. So Summer, as you think about your life and uh, your your definition of belonging. What advice do you have others who are struggling with belonging, who desire to belong? What advice do you have for them? One of the first things I had to learn to do, and the passing of my father actually helped with this, I knew I had to figure out who I was. Mm. And not necessarily even the lofty understanding of like who I am as a person mm -hmm. forevermore, but just who I am today. Mm. What am I feeling today? Mm -hmm. Why do I feel these feelings today? Mm -hmm. What experiences yesterday and in days past have led up mm -hmm. to this point where I feel these things? Mm -hmm. And another thing that I would say is share your needs with others. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. important to be your own advocate, to teach right. people how to care for you, to teach people right. how to show up for you. Right. And it's not through a step-by-step -step list of instructions that you give to your friends and family. It's in how you show up for them. Model for your family members, for mm. your friends, for the people around you. Model for them how you want them to show up for you. Right. And my third piece of advice would be to find your people. Mm. It's important to find your people, mm. to find the people who will love you and yeah. care for you yeah. and show up for you the mm. way you need yeah. and for whom you can show up yeah. and care for mm -hmm. and love as their authentic selves yeah. without wanting to change each other. Yeah. And I think the best people, when you mm -hmm. find your people, the best people really do bring out the best in you. Mm -hmm. When you find where you belong, I do believe when you find where you belong, mm -hmm. you will start to grow. Yeah. Well, Summer, thank you so much for sharing your story with me today. I so appreciate uh, your vulnerability, your honesty. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story with me today. Thank you for allowing me to share my story with you.